Hello and welcome to the Coivecast. It is Christmas and all the great shows have a Christmas special. And would you agree, Adam, we're a great show? I think we're a great show. What an unbelievable show. I reckon so. So, of course, we've got a Christmas special and it's one... um, Ever since I knew this was possible, I've been very, very excited for and I'm sure everyone seeing the title of this episode will be very, very excited and just about to tuck into what hopefully will be a wonderful, wonderful podcast for you to delve into over the Christmas period, whether it's Christmas Eve, I think we're putting this out Christmas Eve. Um, maybe this is one for the sofa, Christmas Day, five, six o'clock. You know, you've had your food, just ready to just chill out for an hour or two. This could be perfect for you, I think. Um, Craig Lingard's coming on in like 15 minutes. That's exciting, isn't it? He is. I can't wait to talk to Craig, see how pre-season's been going, See, just speak to him in general about the job that he's, he now holds. Absolutely. Um, he's, he's a great bloke from the... We've not had much interaction with him, obviously, but um, we have spoke a little bit over social media and things like that in the past. Obviously, to organise this, we've spoken. Uh, he's just a fantastic bloke. I've heard him on a couple of podcasts previously. He did one about two, three months ago, um, and he was great on that. Really, really looking forward to speaking to him uh, in just a little bit, and hopefully we can get some real insight into, like you say, pre-season. I think they've had about six, six seven weeks now the group's really kind of together. We can ask him about his relationship with Danny McGuire, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. I think you should be excited too as a listener. And let's be honest, you don't want to hear us talking. So let's get to the interview. Craig Lingard, Coivecast. Enjoy. Well, Craig, thanks for joining us. Um it feels like it's been a little while coming, to be honest. We've had a few little conversations here and there on on social media over the last few months and um, and such, and you've been gracious enough to give us a little bit of your time. And, yeah, it's brilliant to finally have you on the podcast, mate. How are you? Yeah, very good, mate. Thank you for having me on. Uh, it's over the sort of exchange pleasant in a few towns, haven't we? So it's uh, nice to put the uh, face, to the, face to the words, I guess, and the face to the voice. Yeah, yeah, 100%, 100%. Um, well, first things first, just kind of on a... Personal level, it's Christmas, all those kind of things. Just yeah. how are you? How are you away from the rugby, which we're going to jump into in a sec, obviously. <laughs> yeah, how, how are you? How are, how are the Lingards? How are things? Yeah, all right, busy, busy. Um, it's it was my birthday last week as well. So, this uh, in our friendship group, these three of us have got a birthday within a week of each other. So, we were out on uh, out on Saturday with all, uh, all our group of friends. So, that were a, that were a busy day. Uh, so, we've had a, a few celebrations of it last week or so, which has been, uh, you know, it's been. A few long days and a few long nights, I guess, but it's uh, it's nice nice coming up towards Christmas and with four kids in the house as well. It's always it's always busy as busy and noisy, but it's uh, better than being quiet, I guess. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, I say it is our Christmas special. We're calling it a Christmas special. So, as you say, four kids in the house. It's been probably quite a busy one, I imagine. Um, yeah. What does what does Christmas look like in the in, in the Lingard household? Then what what have you got planned for the next uh, kind of festive period? I suppose. Um, Christmas Day, I always cook. Uh, coming in on Christmas Day, um, my uh, mother-in-law comes round, my sister-in-law, brother-in-law, and niece there come round. So there's, uh, there's all my family and, and, and uh, in-laws that are there as well. I, I, I cook Christmas dinner, so I generally start that as early as I possibly can. So I go in the kitchen and close the door and start drinking Guinness and red wine as, uh, <laughs> as soon as I can. Really, and leave kids to the peasants and, uh, and and leave wife to building presents for, for kids. So it's a bit of a role reversal on Christmas days. I mean, I'm stuck in the kitchen and she's. Uh, She's building toys, so it's uh, it's always always nice. Is that bit of, bit of music on uh, on radio and just enjoy, enjoy yourself cooking in the kitchen on my own. 
Sounds good to me. Sounds, sounds good like me. sounds like a busy one in your household. Four kids. Yeah, it is. It can be that the age ranges now the, the 15, 13, 10 and eight. So the, uh, the obviously the eldest two are there fending for themselves now. We, yeah, they'll do the presents and they'll go and go and hide in the bedrooms until uh, until it's dinner time. We'll come back down and eat the dinner. I'll go back in the bedrooms again. So it's uh, we've got we've got to that age now where they're looking after themselves and fending for themselves and. The, Particular eldest one now is, is communicating in grunts and noises. So uh, that's, that's, that's the stage where we are at the moment. We've all been through that stage, I think. Yeah, I went that longer. <laughs> um, nice one. Yeah, obviously. It's, I mean, just in terms of like the last kind of 12 months for you, I mean, professionally, personally, whatever, I mean, could you have imagined, I guess, sat here like a year ago, obviously, just about to go into your next season with, with Batley Bulldogs, head coach there, and obviously, and that went on since. I mean, mm. could you have imagined the situation you finally you kind of find yourself in twelve months later? I imagine it's been a bit of a bit of a roller coaster, hasn't it, to say the least? It, yeah, it has, and no, definitely not, because it, you can't generally see people uh, coming through from from championship into into a super league environment. I don't see it very often, so we're not really seeing much of it over over recent years. So I guess as much as it's something that I've always wanted to do, and I back myself that I can do it, it's it's getting that getting that opportunity. I didn't have a I didn't have a stellar, stellar playing career. I never played Super League, never played international or anything like that. Uh, I always played Championship rugby, so I didn't have that that background of a, of a, I guess, a name to fall back on. So I've, I've done the, uh, you know, all the all the avenues of coaching that you, that, that you can think of from you know school coaching, junior coaching, colleges, uh, all the way through all, all the levels up to uh, up to, up to now, now Super League. So it was um, not a a normal avenue that you get into Super League rugby. So it were a bit, as I said, as much as I wanted to do it, I'd, I'd maybe a little bit apprehensive and uh, doubtful that it was going to happen uh, as much as I wanted it to. But obviously I got the, got the opportunity to come in uh, as assistant last year, I guess, based on, on what we've done at Batley over the last sort of three, three and a bit years and, and maybe a little bit of Kiefer before that. Um, and yeah, that's, and then since then it's been a, a little bit of a whirlwind to, to find, find myself in the position where I am now. Yeah, I mean, it's been a whirlwind for us as fans, never mind the people yeah. involved as well. I mean, the whole, I've said before, it's the whole reason this podcast exists because of how mad the last kind of six yeah. to 12 months have been as a, as a fan uh, looking after this club and a sport in this club. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you can take it away, Adam, I guess. The yeah. place to start, really, rugby-wise, is last season when you came in. Yeah, yeah so mm. you first come in and it's um, obviously you come in as an assistant with uh, Andy Last and... Yeah. Kind of the craziness that goes on there. Obviously, Andy is then moved on. Uh, Danny Ward, Dane Dorahy, both mm. replace him. Just talk talk us through sort of the different kind of coaching styles that you've had to work under. How you got on with those guys and kind of how it all worked out. Yeah, I got on really well with them. Um, as I said, coming coming under under last year, I had initial contact with the club. Um, when when Lee Radford left and just sort of threw me out in the ring there and just like I'm not gonna not gonna officially apply for it because again like I spoke about there I didn't really think it was a, uh, a viable option for for either me or the club to appoint me on that occasion but wanted to wanted to put my name out there I'd never I'd never applied for another job never ex- expressed an interest in another job since I've been at Batley contrary to to rumours that I kept hearing hearing about that I'd apply for every job that we're going which I've, I've not done um, but I, I sort of decided that, that last year was going to be my last year at Batley anyway um, I thought it was the right time for me to for me to, to move on regardless of what happened last year because I just thought it was um, I'd spent a period of time at the club and I, I thought I'd just 
maybe achieve as much as I could, could potentially do there at the club. And then I think, I think that maybe the club needed a little bit of a change as well, a bit of a different voice. And I think they needed a bit of a refresh as well. So I sort of made the decision I was going to be leaving at the end, the end of the season. Um, I've not I've not expressed that to anybody, but it was something that was in the back of my mind. So I was, I was starting to look around at other, other opportunities and possibilities that might present themselves. And uh, and obviously Castleford, Castleford one of them. And I just made, made contact with the club and just said, I'm not going to, not going to reply if there's no point in me applying, but I'd like to like to throw me out in the ring and potentially have a, have a conversation. Um, had a conversation with, uh, with Danny Wilson, and one of the questions that he asked me at that moment in time was if you know if 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 they went a different direction with the head coach, would uh, would come in as as uh, assistant coach interest me? And I, and I said I'm not going to say yes or no because it depends on who the head coach is. Do they want me to be there? Do I want to be there? Can I work with them and need to have that sort of relationship and that. Um, that rapport there, I guess, and um, I, I got the call maybe eight, ten weeks later to come through and have a chat with uh, with, with Danny and Mark and and, and last year at the time, and, and you know we we hit it off fairly well. Uh, and, you know, last year really, really good bloke. You know, um, I think I mean sometimes people in life don't necessarily get get what they deserve based on the you know the the effort that they put in and the desire and the commitment. And you know, I, I don't think anybody can. Um, can can doubt the sort of that, the effort that, that lasted put in there. And like I said, if it, were, if it were based on all the attributes I just talked about, I would, would have been top of the league. But for, for one reason or another, it just, it just didn't work out for him. Um, and I was really, really sorry sorry about that. You know, on a personal level as well, you, know, you, you feel that you let somebody down when it don't, it don't quite go right. Um, but, you know, for, for whatever reason, things things didn't work we, uh, uh, when, when, when last year we were there. And, you know, we're still in contact now. We're still, still friends now, still... Uh, yeah, he's, he's over in Catalan's now, still, still making uh, uh, make conversations. So, you know, wish him all the best over there. And then, yeah, say, uh, Danny Ward came in and Dan Dory came in from uh, from Australia. Again, they've done really well with him. Um, you know, I thought, weird. I thought the styles worked, worked really well. You know, Danny's a local lad, just from there, just down road from me, you know. So, in terms of sort of, sort of personality wise and uh, that sort of thing, we, we, got, on, we got on really well. Uh, and Danny came in. He had a remit to come in and, and keep the club in Super League, and, and, and that's what he did. Uh, but you know, unfortunately for Danny and the club, that they couldn't come to an agreement at the end of the season. And and, and I guess for me, it's, uh, it's 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 worked out pretty well for me that they couldn't agree. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I guess. I mean, yeah, it was it was just a, a Melbourne particularly. I mean, obviously you've spoke about last year before and that relationship, and, that, and that's brilliant. But like, I think it's particularly the war Dorothy thing for us was just like the fact that it's like. Right, six weeks. This is the, this is the mm. this is the mission. It was a mad situation, isn't it? It's, it's kind of it's unique, really, uh, in Super yeah. It's interesting, it's interesting to see how well you kind of were able to gel in that time and and kind of put it all together. Because like I say, I don't think you knew them particularly well, did you, before and or maybe at all? So no, no, I've never, 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 never met Dane before. I never spoke to Dane, and, uh, and obviously no, no, Danny, but didn't didn't know him personally. Knew him through the game, and uh, you know, funnily enough, it was it would. Danny's dad were my my first coach at Batley. His, his dad David David signed me at, at, at Batley, uh, so obviously I knew knew of him. I've spoken to him uh, you know sort of several times, but not um, not really spent much time in in, in his company. Um, and I guess I, t- I took a bit of a backseat when um, when Danny and Dane came in because they come in they've been given a remit and it yeah. was I guess it was their it was their ball game at that particular that particular time. And it was a bit of a strange situation for me because I'd come in under another head coach and then that head coach had left and then. So Danny had come in and, and with Dane as well, and uh, they were brought in for a, for a, for a particular reason. And obviously, they they sort of spearheaded the the last sort of six uh, six seven eight weeks of, of the season. And, and as much as I were there, I 
more in the background rather than, rather than the foreground. So that was a bit of a strange situation for me. I'd never been at a club um, where I'd worked under a coach who'd, who'd lost the job. So that was not a strange, strange sort of situation. And obviously being there when a new coach comes in as well, having to adapt to, to everything else that goes on around a coach leaving and a new coach coming in with you know no ideas and no structures. And, and I guess the short-term remit to ultimately get Castle for the Super League. So yeah, it was a, uh, a fairly strange old sort of four or five months of being at the club last season. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, before we kind of crack on in terms of kind of the, the here and now, really, which is probably going to be the, the kind of meat of the podcast, really. Um, you said something, I found out something completely brand new uh, when you were on a recent podcast about six, seven weeks ago uh, about your kind of other career. Um, you're in the prison service, is that right? Yeah, yeah, didn't just short of 19 years in prison service. So I started uh, at Full Sun over in York in 19, March 1999, uh, which was Again, pretty much like 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 Castleford, really. Well, it all came about really really quickly. I was working in a bank, I worked in Yorkshire Bank at Jewsby at the time, and I absolutely detested it. Really, really hated it. <laughs> and I, I just wanted to do anything other than work in a bank. Um, and it was, it was the time when people used to still go out and buy papers. And it was, it was Yorkshire Evening New Yorkshire Evening Post on Thursday with a job job section. Yorkshire Evening Post on Thursday evening. So I walked over, got the paper, and I sent off application forms for a, a number of different different locations. One of them happened to be prison service. Never thought about prison service. I don't even think I computed what it actually was and what it entailed. And within six weeks, I was walking into a maximum security jail at full time, starting as an officer. And that's how that's how quick it was. And then 18, 18 and a half years later, I decided to take a career break. I did three and a half years at full time, moved over to Armley for a couple of years, and then did my last sort of 14, 14 and a half years at, at Wakefield, which again is another maximum security jail. So... Oh. Yeah, experienced a lot of things, seen a lot of things, and um, a lot of similarities really with 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 a team sport. Uh, you know, any any sort of job like that, whether it's police, whether it's fire service, NHS, army, whatever it might be, you, you need that you need that closeness, that camaraderie, and that that, that teamwork and togetherness. And I learned a lot um, about managing in prison service. Um, you know, I think I've I've taken a lot into my rugby career from from the stuff that I've done and how I managed in the prison service. And, sort of attributes, different personalities and what makes people tick and it's uh, you know, a great learning curve for me to, to transfer them schools from, uh, you know, from, from a different environment to a sporting environment. Yeah, I guess if there's any fears of kind of fans listening to the pod now, I'm, I, think, I, can, I, can, I can hear what they're thinking when any disciplinary issues, they're going to be no issues so it's some transferable skills, I imagine, in terms of dealing with characters, uh, as you say. So, um, yeah, I'm sure that would put a smile on a few cast fans' faces here. And that, that was your previous career. But I think that, that's really interesting. I think, you know, I think I think people forget that people in rugby league have lives and careers outside mm-hmm. of rugby league as well. Uh, and I think that's really important to kind of get that across sometimes. Yeah, and I think it's, um, you know, what you've done uh, really understand at times, particularly part-time rugby. As I say, I, I, I played all my career part-time rugby. And worked at the worked at the same time. So you're working, you were working thirty, you thirty nine hour a week contracts, but then you're training three nights a week and you're playing on the weekend. It's a lot of time away from your family, a lot of time away from from your friends. You miss all your your, your weddings and your your stag bills and your birthdays and all that sort of stuff to earn not a lot of money playing part time rugby. And mm-hmm. I guess that was one of the biggest biggest things that, that I struggled with initially with the transition from part time rugby to 
to full time. Um, and it's it, 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 did, it did take a while to get used to it because when you when you're playing part time rugby you or oh, amateur rugby, you're doing it because you want to do it. You're not doing it to get rich. Yeah, there's some clubs that are playing part time rugby and they're paying paying considerably more than other clubs. But you know when you when you're working at Bartley, you're paying people not a lot of money. You know, you, for the for the time that they spend there, if they don't win, they don't get paid. You know, so yeah. the, the contract money again, the hours that they work during the week or the hours that they train during the week, it's probably less than minimum wage that a lot of them are getting. Some of them pay as you play. You know, so they're being there just because they want to be there, either because they want to play rugby, and they've got a decent job, so they don't need the money to go out to another club. It's a, it's a club that's local to them; they just enjoy the atmosphere of that particular club. But then when you come into a full time environment, it's their job. You know, so. You get you get some you get some people that play rugby not because they enjoy it because they're good at it they're good at the particular job you know and and and, and that what that's that's something that I, that I I struggled with a little bit at the start and then you've got to that's when you go back into how you're managing people find out what makes people tick and you've got to tap into why they're actually playing rugby and you've, you've got to you've got to motivate them in, in a slightly different way and I'd always struggled that because I'd always played part time so I'd always done it because I wanted to do it not necessarily because I'm getting paid a lot of money. But then when you're working with people, it's their livelihood, it's their job. And, and some people are part, that will play full-time rugby, they'll, once they finish rugby, they'll not watch another game of rugby league again. They're not coached, they'll not, they'll not go into any sort of industry, anything like that. Once they're done and dusted with their playing career, they'll move on to something else in a different you know, a different career. Um, and that, as I said, it took a little bit of a transition, did that. And, uh, you know, I've, I've got used to that a little bit now, but it's uh, it was, that was the biggest, big sort of, uh, struggle at the end of the start of that, that tra- transition period from part time rugby to full time rugby. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, in terms of your, like your next question, Adam, uh, we bring bringing in a sec. I think it almost kind of fits almost a little bit coming out of a year where obviously we, obviously, obviously we've made comments as fans to like certain players or about certain players in the squad and kind of commitment and motivation, things like that, have been brought into question. Um, yeah, you want to take it away, Adam? The next question, I think it kind of suits. Yeah, when it's you sort of taking this role on and looking at sort of the team where you go from here, obviously tr- looking to build on that back end of the season at 2023, mm. you're looking at sort of what your priorities are, what, when you first sort of sat down, looked at the job, kind of what did you set out as your first sort of goals and your targets coming into it as, as the new head coach? Um, yeah, I think like, like, like you men- mentioned there, I think a lot of people questioned um, and then <laughs> Last season, it's, it's quite understandable. Is that when, you know some of the some of the performances that we dished up last year weren't weren't good enough, um, and you can't you can't argue with that. And there's a, there's a number of, a number of reasons. Maybe some people were at the end of the career, maybe the club needed needed to refresh the squad a little bit earlier than uh, earlier than they did. And um, I guess ultimately the, the season that we, that we had last year has led to where we are now. And I don't think necessarily think now now we stayed up and now we survived. I don't, I don't think that's actually a bad thing. You know. I guess conversely, Wakefield might not see getting relegated as a bad thing now because of what's happening over over, over the other time, the other side of the city. So, um, I think for for me coming in, I think for the club as well, one of the reasons why I guess the club wanted me to take over because the, they needed somebody to manage that situation, manage that transition, which I'd I'd done at Batley on uh, on you know on a low budget and 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 I guess maybe overachieving for what what the club spent and, and just managing the the playing group really. Um, you know, I think that maybe that's what they saw, the strengths that I've got, and it's certainly the strengths that I, that I believe I've got myself. And um, and that's 
one of the reasons again why they brought uh, brought Danny Maguire in, why they want me to want, want to work with Danny because he's got a different skill set than, than what I've got. And I've always I've always said this. I think regardless of what environment that you're in, whatever work environment that you're in, whatever industry that you're in, you've got to have different people who've got different skill sets and people people can't be brilliant at everything. Uh, and I know what I'm what I'm good at. And I know what I'm not not so good at in other areas. I know where people need to be better. And I think that's. One of the reasons why we did did so well at Batley because I had, I had Mark Moxon working me as an assistant coach at Batley, and he were real good at the on-field stuff and um, <clears throat> and the the, the the technical stuff. Um, and, I, and I know that he were better than me at that, and, and I guess Danny's better than me at that as well. So I don't I don't see that as a weakness. I, I see that as as me identifying what the what the team needs that I can't necessarily give them to a certain degree. And, and Scott Morell again, Scott Morell, he he, um, he compliments. Myself and compliments Danny. I think we've got a real good blend of of skill sets and, and, and knowledge and, and, and ambition and, and I guess wanting to achieve. And I think that now mirrors the playing group that we've got that we've brought in. Again, like I said, we had that transition period from last year, which we've needed. We've now got a, a younger, hungrier squad that can actually get out on the training field on a on a Monday morning because that's one of the issues that we had last year. We're playing a Friday night and then we come to train on a Monday morning. Uh, do the rehab on Saturday. And you maybe couldn't get four or five people on the field to train that had played on the Friday. You know, so you couldn't really correct the stuff that you needed to work on. And then you, you you're wrapping people in cotton wool to get them fit and get them on back on the field on, on, on the following Friday. So it's um I think that was the issue potentially that we had last year that we didn't have enough people that would get out on the field and do the work that we that we necessarily needed to do with them. Where I feel that we've got that this year. You you mentioned him there, obviously, and it's going to be a topic that we were obviously going to ask about about Danny Maguire. Obviously, for years he's been a tormentor of Cass. Now he's in the black and amber, the training gear. Still looks a little bit weird to us. If you can get him to smile in a picture, that'd be perfect. Because whatever we've seen so far, he's been still a little bit grumpy. It still looks like he's not sure about having a Cass badge on his shirt. Uh, no, but... I, I, I can I can 100% guarantee that he's all in. He is, he is all in. Uh, and again, Danny's another one of them, one of them guys that obviously everybody, everybody in rugby league knows about. I mean, I've not really come across him at all and, and got to build that relationship, that working relationship, also that, that personal relationship because you've got to build that trust. Um, and he's, you know, he, he's coming 100% and he's, he's there and he's pushed all his chips into the middle of the table for uh, with, with Castleford. So there's no, there should be no worries from anybody involved with Castleford that he's here for any sort of ulterior motive and he's here to step in stone to want something else because, you know, he's, 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 he's said himself that he's, he, at this moment in time, he's not ready to be an head coach. He, he still needs to be an assistant coach and the stuff that he likes doing is the balls and cones and whistle stuff out on the field and, and working with the players on the technical and ta- ta- tactical side of things and, and doing the, the, the basic day-to-day routine, the coaching rugby league and, uh, you know, it's been great so far with the stuff that we've been doing on the field and, and, and you know, co- contributing where, with his input, the massive input that he's got and experience that he's got. And so I think the, the coaching team that we've got at this moment in time is it's working working really well and we, you know, we complement each other quite, quite good. Just on Danny, do you think there's an impact? Oh, obviously, we'll, we'll get onto it in a second in terms of, so you've already mentioned yourself anyway, about like kind of the younger playing group. Obviously, there's a fair mm. few kind of like younger English lads kind of knocking out early 20s, early to mid 20s. And obviously, I'm kind of mid 20s myself watching rugby league and as we've said, I mean, I hated him for 15 years. <laughs> you know, I mean, he just tormented us for years. And it was, I mean, I was there in 2017 and all that, you know I mean? It, but it, it was unbelievable. You know, he's an unbelievable player and obviously a legend of the game. Is there an element of, when you look at kind of these these 23-year-old lads knocking around who, who grew up watching him, 
Mm. Is that kind of palpable in the changing room, or when, when he's when he's kind of there and being trained by him? Is it not not they have to be in awe of him or anything like that? But the standards is always driven, obviously being in these dressing rooms and things like that. Is that kind of coming through to these players already? And are they kind of do you reckon they're up in a level as a result of someone like Danny Maguire being there? Do you think? I, I, uh, I don't necessarily think they're up in a level because because Danny's there. I think anybody who's got any any ounce of sense when when Danny's speaking about about that anything that listen because of the experience that he's got and things that he's, he's achieved in the game and and he's just got a real good a real good group of brains. So um, anybody who's listening to him, they, you know, they, they've, they've they've got to take in take in the knowledge that he's got, and if they don't, then they're daft. Um, I just I just think that think the, the group that we've got this year. You know, we might not necessarily have first-team regulars that have played Super League for a lot of years and played 100 Super League games. Right, got that. But what we have got is we've got people that have got the ambition to be a, a quality Super League player. And they're not all going to achieve that. And we, you know, we, we, if we get 75% of the players that have come in that do really, really well, then I think we've, we've done all right. You're always going to get people that, for one reason or another, don't don't succeed. Um, and and that's, that's just life. That's, that's just professional sport where... Yeah, it might, be, it might be because of the injuries, it might be because somebody else is playing better in their position. They, they, it just might be that they have, they, have, they have a bad few games and they come out of the side and they can't get back in. For whatever reason it might be, not everybody we've got in the club is going to succeed and, not, and they might not be there next season. But I think what we have got is a real good group, a real good blender uh, of players who've got that ambition, that desire to want to succeed. And we've seen that in training so far where we've, we've extended days, we've put you know, got sort of triple conditioning days where they've been doing on-field con, they've been doing wrestle contact, they've been, been into the gym and doing off-field con on, with the weights at the same time. You know, so we've extended the days, we've extended the um, the sort of um, uh, the physicality and the difficulties of it, and, and, and we're seeing we're seeing the, the results so far in in the conditioning, but we're also seeing the the results on the field as well, where they're starting to gel together now and the sort of rugby that, that I want to play and. You know the uh, the halfbacks that we've got that have been running the, the shapes that we're running at the minute is, is pretty good, um, but we don't want to get carried away because we're not playing anybody yet, and we you know we we've, we've not been battered about as yet on a uh, on, on the field, and that all that, that can all change. And I think everybody who's in pre-season at the minute will be loving what we're seeing because it's it's still fresh at this moment in time. We're still sort of four or five weeks into pre-season, and everybody's still loving it at the minute. But when it comes down to the business end of the end of the season, when the game, when the game starts kick off and I'm hoping that we can see the, the improvements that we've made or what I believe we've made from last season. Is there anyone, I mean, obviously, it sounds like all the lads kind of hit the ground running and that, that, that's brilliant. Obviously, it seems like they've really impressed you in that this first block of pre-season. Is there anyone in the squad who's kind of, it's hard to pick out names, I know that, uh, you probably don't want to do it too much, but is there anyone in the squad, maybe one of the younger lads or maybe one of the lads who's come in uh, it was even surprised you in terms of kind of how they've kind of set about the business in the first in the first few weeks, whether it being showing some kind of leadership qualities or whatever it might be. Uh, is there anyone you'd you'd pick out? Uh, there is, yeah, um, and this might be a it might be a contentious one based on the, the amount of stick he got last season. But it's built it. You know, he's been absolutely outstanding so far, um, and again for one reason or another, it didn't work out for Milky last year, and he he'd have been you know, where I think maybe it was the, the inconsistency in our partners that he had. I think maybe the back row they had outside and didn't really complement him too well. You know, um, Kenny's been a, a great player, but Kenny's one of them sort of people that he likes the ball in his hands, he likes to skip over his line, whereas Milton needs that that back row is going to rip an hard line for him and so he can go, he can go to the line. And, you know, we've had Elio Sakim running uh, some good lines for him and Boyce Johnson runs some decent lines for him as well. And when he gets that, that strong physical back row who can run some decent lines, but he's looked great at training. So I'm hoping that um, that he can take the stuff that he's shown me so far and, and uh, that he's done so far in pre-season in, into the games. And I think 
you know, you know, I'm going to touch wood here that I think he's going to have a real, a real good season this year, and um, I, I, I just need, I just need to throw my support behind Milky because he took a lot of, a lot of dog abuse last year, and it's quite easy to, uh, it's quite easy to sit, to sit behind a computer and, and slag people off, and we've got to realise that these, these people are human, you know, and, and as much as, as much as you want to try and avoid reading and listening to some of the comments, it's, it's not impossible to do that, and it's got to have an impact on you, you know, so. I'm not expecting people to fall in love with him. I'm not expecting people to uh, to start singing his name out or like that. But just you know, give him that chance to uh, to come back this season and show what he can do because he's not turning into a bad player overnight and he's got 100 percent of my backing. Um, but Danny Richardson's back in, in in training now, pretty much sort of 90 95 percent. Raw Mills has been looking good as well. So we've got three three real good halfbacks there that are pushing each other now. They're kind of going to two. Um, you know, so we've got three three real quality options there. Jack Broadbent's come back and. Him and in his senior at the top of all the all the sort of physical running stuff that, that we're doing. Luke Cooler's coming at fullback and his looks real, real good and real calm and collected. And I think he's shown some of the experienced players how, how confident he is. And I think I think you're gonna surprise some of them. Um you look at your your older ends, Mac, Westy and Watson, they've come they've, they've come back and been real, real good for the group and, and bought into everything that we're trying to do. So yeah, it's it's difficult to pick names out individual because I'll 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 miss somebody out who's done yeah. some who's done some something really good, you know what I mean? So it's um it, it's difficult to pick too many names out. But I've just been massively impressed with with everybody, the attitude that they've they brought back so far to pre-season and how they've bought into what we're trying to do without question. You know, there's been no no negativity. And I think building that collectiveness and that, that that togetherness has been really important. So when we've done the the training shed, we've made sure we've built in a lot of team activities, whether it's just a coffee before training in the morning, whether it's it's staying later. You know, if we've had a real tough physical day, we've built we've built a team uh, a team doing after it as well. You know, just so people aren't going home at half past twelve, one o'clock. We're we're going to go and spend some time time together after training, spend some time in each other's company, and that's built that that togetherness that we're, that we're seeing on the field, and they, they seem to be enjoying spending time in each other's company, which I think is is really important. I think it was evident last year where I think it got to the point where as soon as the training day finished. People just went off in their own directions and wanted to get away, get away as soon as possible. Where we're not seeing that this year, they actually enjoy spending time in each other's company, and that's massively important to try to get any sort of success on the field. It's funny because me and Adam have got some questions in front of us, and for the second time, then my next question was, uh, "Does it feel a lot different to last season?" And I think you pretty yeah. much just covered that. But that's, it up. that's obviously yeah. great. To hear. That's obviously great to hear. Yeah, I think I think there's sometimes benefits and there's pros and cons to to. To being at a, being at a club and going from assistant coach to, to head coach, but I think being in the being in the environment and actually seeing what it was like last year, I can see the difference. I can it's a measurable difference. You know, it's not it's not just a little bit here and there. We're talking off the scale different, um, which is which is real pleasing. You know, and it's uh, it's quite encouraging to to see what this what this group can do. And, and don't, you know, don't don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that we're going to be we're going to be knocking. We're knocking doors down and, and winning championships. We're not because we ultimately finished eleventh in table last season, eight points away from tenth. So we've got a lot of distance to make up on the on the rest of the rest of the league. Um, and the first thing we've got to do is we've got to be difficult to beat. And if we're difficult to beat, some of these close games that we were in last year, and then then just capitulated and fell away. So we conceded a try, or we conceded a try, we conceded another try, we conceded another try. And before you know, you've gone from being level to being 18 points down, 20 points down, the game's undusted. So the first thing we've got to do is be difficult to be. If we're difficult to be, if we stay in these close games, then a lot of these close games might tip in your favour. If these close games are tipping in your favour, you get a little bit of a roll, then 
win turns into another win, you get that confidence. Um, you know, so that's that's what we're looking to do. We're looking to looking to try and reel some of these teams in that finished above us last season, and and, and then just try and try and be a little bit more consistent and, and start building now towards working towards the playoffs, whether that's next year, the year after, or the year after that. We've got to make sure that we're sustainable, sustainable Super League club. We can't we can't just yo-yo up and down all the time. You, we've got to make sure now we're building a little bit of a, a legacy, a bit of a dynasty, and that's what we've, we've done with bringing these new players and these younger players in now that. If we get seventy five percent of these that are a success, and they can potentially be at the club for the next five six years and and, and build their own little bit of a legacy like the like the previous team that Castleford had done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's great to hear that kind of continuously, isn't it? And well, you mentioned young players there. One young player we, we can talk about. Um, we, we can talk about now. I think as of, as of six pm uh, this afternoon as we're recording. Uh, Adam, do you want to go take away? Yeah, obviously the return of a, and the official signing of uh, Lewis Johnson on a on a new one year deal. Obviously. Uh, he was with the club a little bit in 2023 on loan from OK. Obviously, a, a guy that came through the youth system at Cass before moving on to uh, Warrington and then OK, mm. a couple of other loans. Uh, obviously, we, we'd heard that he'd been on trial with you, you guys in the pre-season. What have you seen from him in the last few weeks during that pre-season uh, time that has sort of kicked on to that then him being rewarded with that uh, full-time one-year deal? Yeah, it is. Again, I guess he fixed the profile of the players that we've got in the club. That maybe he's, he's had that that reputation in the past about about, about about being the next big thing, or the people expecting some some sort of big things for him. And for whatever reason, it's not it's not quite worked out for him. The clubs that he's been at, um, and I know uh, Danny worked with him at OKR last year, so he you know, he, he spoke really highly of him. What he, what he saw when he were over there as well, um, and he's he's someone who's. Um, Actually, a little bit quiet at this moment in time, uh, and that's one of the, one of the conversations that, that we've had. That he now comes in, and we've got potentially four or five people that can play in that back row. So his challenge now is to stand out above the other back rows that are there. So what's he going to give us? Or what? That's not, that. That was my challenge to him. What are you going to give us? When I look at you in training, and think I can't leave you out. You've got to do something different to to Ellie. You've got to do something different to Mel's. You've got to do something different to Charbel. You've got to do something different to Nixon Putt when he comes in. You know. So what are you going to give me? It might be just being more vocal, and and he's twenty five years old now, so he's it's at that time now where he really needs to be kicking on. So that's the challenge that we've thrown down to him. But everything that we've asked him to do in in, in this pre season, you know, he's 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 grafted his balls off. You know, he's come in and he's ripped in, and he's he's done hundred percent of everything that we've asked him to do, and he's he's sort of impressed with his with his attitude that he's brought. As I said earlier on, he's run some real real nice lines. Whether he's on the left hand side or the right hand side, he can flip from left left and right hand side as well. And he's got some pace about him, he's got a little bit of play in him. So it's it's encouraging to see what he, what he does this year. And I guess he's one of them that if he gets in the team, he might get a, he might he might get a run in the, get get a run in the team and, and cement that place. And that that'll be his challenge. Getting the starting seventeen if you can, and if you once you're there, it's time to choose to where to grab that chance with both hands. Um, but he's, I'd say if it's that age profile that we've got, he's fit into the group as well. You know, so I'm really, really, really pleased to get him on, get him on board. Uh, you, mentioned, uh, sorry, no, you mentioned that sort of uh, strength in depth, especially in that mm. second row position. Um, how exciting is it to see those new recruits coming in? Obviously, Ellie, um, Charbel having his first proper pre-season with a club. Obviously, he had a little bit of a stint. Nixon put still to come in, I believe. Yeah, that must be an exciting and a bit of a headache for yourself when you're thinking about potentially. When we get into that new year and picking that first, uh, then first choice second rowers, it is yeah. But that's what you want, you know. You don't want to have just have two two second rowers at the club. You want that competition, and 
and you want that uh, you want that them, them challenges where people are throwing it down and that's what you what you get when you come to training. We're doing we're starting to do some full contact stuff now and you're wanting people to as much as as much as you want to be made, you want to want to be competing against each other. And everything that we've done so far in in pre-season has been down to competing. Everything we do is a competition. You know, we split we split all the all the squad into into groups. We've got four teams now and they compete against each other every single time. So whatever it is that they're doing, whether they're playing small sided games, whether it's conditioning stuff that we're doing, whether it's anything in the gym, whatever it might be, they're getting rewarded with points. And at the end of the week, that, the winning team go off and do something together as a as, as a group. The, the lowest team will get some sort of some sort of penalty. You know, so there's that competition. What we're trying to trying to get within 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 the group, and that and so that's what you want. You look at your outside backs. You know, you've got you've got the competition on the, on all across the outside backs. You know, Jay Scary Gary in in his uh, in, in, in his senior, you've got uh, Josh Sim potential going for that, that that wing position. Josh Sim can play in the centre as well. You've got Jack Broadbent, you've got Sam Wood, you've got Josh Johnson who's coming in in, in the centre positions. I already mentioned about the, the three halfbacks that we've got. You've got Liam Arne, you've got Mackey, you've got Kane Robb, and you've got George Hill at, at, at nine that can all, all play nine as well. So you've got loads of competition in different areas of the field. And you need that competition, but you also need that cover as well because you're going to get injuries as season progresses. You're going to get people... Now, as as we've seen with the with the new sort of head, um, head, head, head tackles and heights and all that stuff, so we're going to we're going to see lots of people getting sent off at the start of the season and people getting banned. So you need that strength in depth, you need that squad depth as well. People are going to lose form as well, so you, you you've got you've got to have that cover all, all the way across the park. I, I feel like we've got cover in position in, in, in the majority of positions as well. I think one other position as well. Obviously, you've already mentioned that obviously the player you know very well from Batley, Luke Cooley coming in at fullback. Uh, well, I think it's, I, I really love that signing. I think it's a great signing for us potentially at, at fullback. But another one in that position as well who's probably kind of waiting in the wings at some point. Obviously, you don't have to force him in, but it's worth mentioning. Obviously, as he got his new deal last week. Uh, a few words on Fletcher Rooney. Obviously, we saw a cameo for him. Uh, I, I was heading him myself, and I thought it, it turned up really well in a really, really, really yeah. tough spot against Leeds. Uh, obviously, a player with a lot of um, a lot of potential there as well. Uh, what have you seen from kind of Fletcher Rooney now? Kind of in that group uh, over the last few weeks. Yeah, he's got some. He's got. It's difficult when you explain some, trying to explain somebody who's got natural talent because that makes it feel, makes it sound like they've not had to work for what they've got. Right. Um, but he's got a let's say let's say natural instinct to see a gap and to and, and he's got some pace about him as well, so he he can exploit any sort of space that you've got. So he's got that that so that natural instinct about him where he wants to play, he wants to run. And he'll develop that passing game as well that, that, that I've seen as well. Um, we forget he's still only young. You know, we've got a lot, we've got a lot of high outs, high outs for, uh, for for Fletch, but we don't want to put too much, not much on him too soon. Um, and that's one of the reasons that we've we've got a development group as well. Whereas last last year we had a development group and they were the train with the first team every single session, every single every single day. And I still think you need a reward to train as a young kid with the first team. So we've got a development group. We've got we've got four people that we we sort of identified where there's a potential that the can that can step to first team rugby, but they'll step up for a, for a session and they'll go back and they'll train with the academy. They might step up again when, when we need them. If they're doing well, they'll step up as well. So it's, it's that reward of wanting to be with the first team rather than just rewarding somebody. Say, oh, you're, you're a castle player. You've got a, you've got a teacher. You've got a idea. You've got a bag. You can come and train with first team. We still need these these young kids that we've got to want to be younger to train with our first team. They've got the reward to do it, and not just giving it just because we think that they might be all right. Um, and Fletch is one of them that we, you know, if he's stepping up, I guess more than any any of the other ones that we've got because we see that in him. 
and that's why he's been rewarded with his, with his first professional contact that three three year three year deal that he's got. Um, and we just hope that he can he can fulfil that potential that he's got because you know the uh, I think the the sky's the limit for him with, with, what, you, with, with what we can see. And I think it's good for for the club as well that we've we've got one of his own players that's come through all the systems of the club and has has now played a first team game. Um, and, it, and I think for recruitment for for future years for future uh, future young players that want to make make a name in Super League, as long as they've got a, a direct path or a realistic path that they can go from. Whether it's scholarship, whether it's academy, up to the up to the first team, it's, it's definitely there. We've now got a proven avenue there that somebody's actually done that. Whereas, like you, you see your Leeds and your St. Helens, your Wiggins, they've got a they've got a long line of people that have done all that have done that, and it's easy it's easy to sell, sell that to young kids because they could probably reel off 20, 30, 40 names each team. Whereas Castle can't necessarily do that over recent years. Whereas now that they can, and it's important that we develop that as a club that we can we can show that we've got that that platform for people to go from the from the scholarship to the academy and, and then and through into the first team, which is hopefully what we're going to start doing over the next few years. Yeah, it's absolutely massive. Absolutely massive. I guess next question would be kind of other end of the spectrum, really. We're talking, we're talking about these, these kind of young kids coming through, but obviously you mentioned it earlier, but having these kind of older heads, these leaders, these these lads have kind of been there, done it, won the T-shirt kind of thing. Obviously, Joe Westman, Liam Watts, uh, and the skipper, Paul McShane. Um, yeah, how, how big is it to have kind of those three guys in particular within this group? Well, like I say, there's a lot of kind of rough diamonds, like I suppose you call them, you kind of play yeah. in the group, but how, how big have they been in the kind of the first kind of the first few weeks of pre-season in terms of kind of setting standards and, and all that kind of thing? Yeah, massive, absolutely huge. Um, and again, for me, as a as a, as a new head coach at the club, it's it, it, it were really important to have their buy-in, you know, because you've got the got the players that have got the, uh, like, like the thing you mentioned there, that the influence that they've got over the group and you know the stuff that they've done at the club and the stuff they've done in rugby league, you know the massive, massively influential in, in the group. And if you've got them on side and they're they're sort of pushing your message and selling the message that you want to deliver, it's, it's huge for you, is that? And if you haven't, if you haven't got that, it's very very difficult. But luckily for me, you know we've had them chats with, with them three players and you know I, before we came back for pre-season training, I met I met all, all three of them at the same time for just for a coffee and, and explain what I wanted to what I wanted to do this season, how I wanted to train, how I wanted to play what I wanted our our attacking shapes to look like, what I wanted the, the, the group to look like. And you know, luckily the the, the bought into that and they've delivered that message for me. Um but I think and, and I think they're they're gonna be huge this year. They, they know what it they know what it means to play for Castleford. They know what it like what it's like to play for Castleford. They know what it means to the town to play for Castleford and, and how the how the rugby club represents the town. And we need that and, and it's it, it's really difficult for for people coming in to get that affinity with the club straight away. That's something that comes over time. So these people that have been at the club a long, a long amount of time, like they have, um, they're they're massive for driving that, driving that uh, the, the the standards that we want to deliver, but also the passion that you want to see for for the club, and and building that togetherness with the squad, you build the passion for each other first, and once you get the passion for each other, and you and you're looking after each other on the field, representing each other on on the field, that's when the passion for the club comes as well, and that's going to take time for some of these people. I've said before, the, these people that are coming in. And, and then it's the first season at the club. I'm not expecting to go out and kiss the badge straight away. It's not. It's not one of the things that, that you do straight away because that's that's not genuine. You've got to build that. You've got to build that affection and affinity for the club. And hopefully, with the with the, with the group that we've got and and the journey that we're on, then that affinity and that affection will come. And that's when you you, you sort of generate the uh, the longevity of the players because they enjoy being at the club. They enjoy being with the group and they enjoy being and representing Castleford. And that's what we want to do. Um, we did something at, at, at training last week or the week before where 
you just had a bit of a competition. It just in a warm up, three v two, youngies versus oldies, and the the oldies were actually twenty five. That's that's the that's the difference in the group that we've got this year. The oldies were twenty five and above, and the youngies wow. were twenty four and below. Whereas I think, if yeah, if, <laughs> if we'd have done that last year, I think I think as as young as young ones would have been 30, 30 down <laughs> rather than twenty four down. So there's a, there's been a massive shift in the in the experienced players. And when I go back and mention about like, like Lewis Johnson, what I want to see from him, he's now he's now classed as one of the one of the old players. He's classed as one yeah. of the experienced players. Even Luke Cooley, you mentioned there, Luke's twenty five. So he's now an experienced player. So we need these people who are sort of 25 who might not necessarily seen themselves as an experienced player or uh, an influential player. They've stepped up now into that, into that next bracket. And that's what we're going to see, see, that, see from them. Now that extra bit of responsibility. Uh, we, need, we need to see them stepping up now and talking a little bit more, leading a little bit more because even at 25, they can still be a leader and they've still got, to, they've still got a lead and shows what they can do with their actions. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Just just stick on to like the the oldies, the proper oldies. Obviously, just a quick question. I, I don't know if you had much thought onto it at all, and uh, probably not. But obviously, Westy obviously at kind of ended the year as captain, and he was he was unbelievable. And he, he was inspirational in the back end. And I certainly wouldn't want to be on the end of one of them sprays who was delivering under, under the sticks at <laughs> various times as well. You got to talk about passion and knowing what the badge means and all that. I think Westy appeared mm. is it. Um, yeah. Obviously, it, it must have been so frustrating for Maka last year. You know, obviously yeah. you know, missing half the year and such a crucial time as well. I can't imagine what it was like for him. Um, I would assume not. But has there been any kind of discussion about captaincy next year? Is it Maka's and that's that? And that's that. And are you confident he's just going to come back and absolutely just take take, take the uh, the ball by the horns? Or has there been discussion over captaincy or leadership groups or any of those kind of things? Yeah, we. <laughs> A little bit, yeah. Uh, no, no decisions have been made as yet. I spoke to I spoke to Macker about it. I spoke to Westy about it as well, and we've had we've had conversations about it in his own his own in his own little groups. And um, there's no decision being made as yet. And um, I think it's too early. Um, and I'm not I'm not particularly looking for uh, for that decision to be made as yet. I want to see how people develop through through pre season. And um, I also don't like leadership groups to a certain degree because. In general, leadership groups mean it's the older end of the players that we've got, and then some. Some of the younger players, their voices missed out. So we will have some sort of group, but there'll be a there'll be a spread of the of the experience that we've got, and a spread of the the ages that we've got as well, just so that, that every voice is heard. Because some you, you'll 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 know yourself. I mean, I'm I'm 46 year old now, so the stuff that I like at 46 year old is different to what I liked when I was 21. You know, so I think you've got to have that difference of opinion and that. Um, that that sort of exchange of views, I guess, when you when you're having these meetings about what's going to be right for the group, because what might be right for one one age group might be right for another one. So I think it's really important, and we'll, we'll get that group together. That that is a, a little bit of a, a spread of, of, of age and experience uh, across that group that, that we put together. And um, I think I think it's fair to say that the, that the captains, whether it's a captaincy team or whether it's a captain or vice captain, it will be it will be Maka Westy in, in in some sort of uh, in, in some sort of format, but what what that looks like at this moment, it's down hundred percent sure. Fair enough. Yeah, you've talked about sort of the squad and obviously that switch that there's been to move it to a younger age bracket. Mm. A guy that we've not really touched on. I know you've mentioned him briefly, but obviously mm. Danny Wilson's previously been on, spoken to Ross, give a great interview, and sort of talked us through his philosophy going forward. How have you enjoyed working with Danny? sort of on that next little plan that's going to take this club forward in the next sort of, probably setting it up for the next sort of five, ten years? Yeah, I, th- I think it's been great. I, I really do because um, 
he's, I guess, a little bit similar to me that he's new into that role to a certain degree, and he's been he's been finding his feet as well. And um, it's it, it, it's one of them one of them relationships that, that that's going to develop as 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 the season progresses. But I, I feel like we've got a real good understanding. I, th- I think we, that we we both see the way that we want the club to be and how, the, how we want the team to be in the same way. And I think that I think that's really important because I, I think if you've got two contrasting views between head coach and director for rugby, it's really really difficult then to um, to put on a, a joint front, so to speak. Um, unless you're really good actors, but I'm not real. I'm not a good actor, uh, and cracks would soon appear in that, and people would find you out. So I think you've got to be real genuine in in, in that relationship that you've got. And um, I think we've got we've got the same vision where we want the club to be and, and where we where we were last year and what the pitfalls were last year and what we needed to improve, what needed to improve on the field, what needed to improve off the, off the field. Um, and so I think we've got the ideas are, are, are pretty much exactly the same in, in that respect. So um been really pleased with how it's gone so far um, and, and hopefully strengthen that working relationship that I've got with Danny. And again, constant dialogue pretty much every single day, talking about things in and around the club, about what, what can potentially what can potentially improve and and one thing that we've been real keen about this this season is making sure that we don't do anything that's not how we want it to be. So if it's not right, we're not just going to run with it. We'll stop. We'll stop. We'll sort it before we actually before we actually deliver it. Because what we don't want to do is like the people that were were here last year. If it reverts back to some of the some of the, the things that we saw last year, then like, it's not it's never going to change. It's always going to be the same. We revert back, and we're real real conscious that at the start of the season, and we pushed. We pushed a little the, the the preseason back a little bit because we were one or two things that we weren't happy with and we didn't want to start on a, on a bad note. So we made sure that everything was right before we brought the players back in and before we could commit the, our time to them and their time to us. And I think that's a big change that we've seen this year, both on on the field and off the field, is that we're not doing things sloppily. And um, you know, and we want people to tell us and again. It's an open dialogue that, that we've got with, with the players that if if. If there's something they think's not right, or we've not done it right, or there's some sort of issue, we'll tell us straight away. Then we can sort it out. What we don't want is for it to drag, and then one person moans about it, and then two or three people moan about it. Before you know, it, you've got seven, eight, nine, ten that moan about it. It runs through the group. We're making sure that we're nipping the bus straight away, and anything that we can sort, we'll, we will sort. And, and Dan is real keen about that as much as I am as well. So that's another good thing about the relationship is that we're wanting to do everything as, as right as we possibly can. Um, and Danny spoke to the players at the start of the season, which I think, and I think it were right. We've talked about classic ass, and you, you you think about classic ass, how they play rugby, but it doesn't have to be about how we play rugby. It's about how we are as a club. It's about how we are, how we are, how we represent the club, how we how we treat the players, how we treat the staff, how we treat the fans, how we treat anybody, the sponsors associated with the club. And it's your your time. It might be just signing an autograph or taking a photograph for somebody. Uh, whatever it might be, we can we can we can be classy in our actions as well as, as what we do on the field, and that's what we want the club to be about this season, and that's how we want, we want to develop. And yeah, we're going to get things wrong, we're, we're going to lose games, and we're going to have, we're going to have a bad performance, and players are going to have bad performances. But what we're hoping is that the transitions and the change that we're trying to make, the consistency that we're hoping to bring in, that that, that classiness can can shine through both on and off the field, and that's that's how we want the club to be. That's how we want the club to get back to, and people thinking about classic acts, not just on the field but off the field as well. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, just on those preseason friendlies, we were going to ask anyway. Obviously, it is uh, later than usual, or as you just alluded to, obviously playing like mid-Jan. 
uh, will be the first game. I think even like this this year we played, well, I guess 2022, we played right at the back end of 2022 and we played Featherstone, mm-hmm. for example. We generally have like a festive friendly. Yeah. Uh, you alluded there to kind of it being pushed back uh, to should, whatever it might be. It might be private, in which case just tell us. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, could you could you uh, divulge what kind of things you kind of needed to sort out before the players came back in? Was it facilities? Was it that kind of thing? Yeah, the, the, the one, or two, one or two things. One of, uh, it, one of the things was that we had the flood at the club, aren't we? And, and yeah. the change rooms weren't right. You know, um, you know Stuart and, and, and the backroom staff at, at the club were, were working pretty much every hour that they had to make sure everything were right for the players to be ready for them to come back and, and, and everything be, be, be sort of perfect for them. But for, for whatever reason, that, that didn't happen with it. Well, I think just because time-wise, it was because of... Um, you know, getting all the all the materials and the stuff that we needed, we, we weren't there. We didn't want the players walking back into a building site and it, it not yeah. looking right for them. You know, so we we wanted to, we wanted to make sure that everything looked as, as good as it possibly could do. Uh, so after the flood, the work that the, the people at the club had done to try and make it presentable or or first class, and the work that they're still doing at the club to make it make the change, a little change. And again, that's one of the things we wanted to do this year. Was we didn't want players to come back and everything be exactly the same. You know, the, no change to the environment, no change to the changing room, no change to uh, the, the, the 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 training facilities. We wanted to want to be a visible difference, whether it was aesthetically, whether it was what they're doing physically, whether it were the challenges that they've got. There had to be a change for people that were, that were there last season. They, they had to notice a visible change. Um, and so we weren't going we to start the season on, the, on a negative note, and we didn't we didn't want to start that. Uh, this, this sort of next transition, this journey that we want to be on in a negative way, and, and we pushed it back. And yeah, we lost a little bit of time on the field. We, we bought an hand, but we'll get that back. Uh, the, the, the players still came in. They trained, trained down at Aspire, which we, we've done all pre-season. They came in. They did the, uh, the three fitness sessions there, and we had a um, we used it a bit of a bit of a transition week as well, just for, for the new players coming into the club. We we met up anyway. We had a couple of coffees together, and um, so we got, got on the field. Well, it actually worked out into a pretty, pretty decent positive. To be fair, so the players who were, who were coming into the club, it helped them transition in a in a in a um, I guess in a, a, a more relaxed more relaxed atmosphere and environment. I guess. Nice, nice. Um, what will be kind of the approach? I think obviously there's three friendlies, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's going to be London, Keighley, and Huddersfield. I believe before we get into get into mm-hmm. season proper, what what will be the approach of those? I mean, generally, there's kind of one of those games where. Um, traditionally, there's a younger team. Well, it's going to be a younger team, full stop, mm-hmm. isn't it? I suppose compared to last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. What, what's kind of going to be the kind of general, without giving too much away, obviously, what's going to be the kind of general approach going into those three games? Because obviously, it's pretty much a month out from the start, isn't it? Yeah. Good question. Um, I've not really got an answer for you this year. It's, it's <laughs> funny because me and Danny were talking about it today about what um, you know what sort of format, format we want to run with uh, with pre season friendlies, whether it, whether we we took everybody in that first one and we play um, a little bit of a uh, one team in first half and one team in the second half and then slow, slow whittle it down as we go through the next two. Um, we're not 100% decided yet. And I think at this moment in time, it's difficult for us to, to make that decision because you can have a plan in, your, plan in your mind, but then you might lose two or three people due to injury. Um, and then that, that sort of scuppers your plan. So I think it's somewhat... We'll, we'll probably decide in the week leading up to the the Keithley game and see what players that we've got. We're hoping to get um, Danny Richardson back in for that Keithley game and build his game time through the through the three friendlies. So that might impact on the the halfback combinations and the halfback partnerships that we play. So if everything goes all right from now up until that game, then we're looking at getting Danny maybe twenty five minutes, half an hour in that game and building up to uh, sort of 40, 40 minutes. 
fifty minutes in the next game, then then try and get maybe an hour out of him in that in, in that last game. But um, you know what we don't want to do with Danny is, is chuck him in too soon and then and, and then getting back to square one again because he's he's been out a long time. So uh, there's other people as well that, that have had a few little niggles that we've had to you know sort of pull back from uh, from full full contact training or full training, and we don't want to chuck him in too soon. So I guess we'll have to just um, assess the squad that we've got, the fitness of the squad, whether some people maybe need an extra week off before we put them back in, in, in into a, into a, a full contact uh, full contact game. We've got a, a, a training on the week before um, against um, York on the Saturday, on the sixth, I think it is, just after New Year. So we're going to take the team through to York on their four G. It'll not be full contact; it'll be sort of um, controlled. Control takedowns, um, so we'll probably throw throw a few different rotations and options in that one as well. Well, uh, the thirteen will be on the field, and the rest will be outside doing some sort of conditions so they're not just around getting cold. So we'll have a look at a few different things in that. So we'll probably formulate the plan a little bit more after that, that York uh, that York uh, contested training session. Makes sense would... to me. I know obviously his fans were really excited to get that. It's good to have two home friends as well. Obviously, mm-hmm. all we've got obviously Keithley for obviously Webos. Um, yeah. Belated testimonial, I suppose, yeah. a year later, bless him. But uh, yeah, it'd be good to kind of get the lads. Just, I mean, especially the new boys as well, because obviously it's going to be hopefully quite a cauldron week one uh, against Wigan. But I think to kind of almost, I, I don't know whether that'd be daunting for a home player, but it is. <laughs> but it is, especially when you've kind of come over from uh, those guys from the from Aussie who've probably never experienced yeah. anything quite like it. So it might be good for them just to kind of get, uh, kind of dip the toe in the water a little bit <laughs> in, in pre-season because it's. As you'll know, the jungle is it's unlike any, anywhere else, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's it's just one of them one of them grounds, and it's the you know it's it's, it's we're talking politics with IMG and stuff out there with new grounds and um, facilities and all that sort of stuff. And whatever whatever happens down at Castle, they hope they don't lose that that sort of genuine atmosphere. And, uh, and yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, massive, I'm a massive one about uh, rugby league nostalgia and rugby league history. And I think grounds like Castleford do. You know we can we can improve the, the the grounds that we've got to uh, to accommodate you know both both the modern modernness that you need but also maintain that sort of historical nostalgia that that the ground like like Castleford uh, Castleford and uh, you know what, what better experience for some of these new players to have against uh, against Wigan on that first day of the season where hopefully it's going to be bouncing for them. Absolutely, Adam. Yeah. So. Um... How important was it for you to get a couple of games against Super League opposition in those pre-season friendlies? Obviously, we've seen in past years where we have maybe, no offence to the championship teams, played maybe what you could call a weaker opposition. Obviously, you've got a newly promoted London team that's going to really want to put a marker down in pre-season and really want to hit the ground running in Super League in 2024 and a Huddersfield team that's a lot of people have thought that are going to do some really big things in the past few years and are obviously have a great coaching staff um, behind them and some great players in there. Is it key to get this top opposition so that obviously going into 2024, we're not going to go in there half cooked and really make sure that we put a marker down those first few weeks? Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think well, one thing with, with friendlies as well is the, the, the results, not the be all and end all. What you want to see is you, the, the stuff that you've worked on, whether it's the shape stuff or the defensive stuff that it's, that people are getting there, you know, you don't want to be flying in the friendlies. Uh, you know, I, I don't mind losing a friendly every now and again because it shows you where you need to improve. If you win every, if you win all, all your friendlies convincingly, then it could sometimes give the players a little bit of a false sense of security, thinking that they've, they've cracked it straight away before the ball's been, yeah. been kicked in a competitive game. So, 
yeah, we want we want to see the the the, the sort of stuff that the players have, have been working and want to see a little bit, a bit of success doing that. But we all we also still want to see one or two areas of improvement where we can tighten up and it, just to, just to bring it back down to earth a little bit. But yeah, having that that sort of competitive nature we've talked about all the way through pre season in training, we're going to compete at every single thing that we do. We need that quality opposition just to see where we are. Because there's no point playing three league one teams and and, and and potentially winning by fifty or sixty points, and you come play Wigan on, on on game one of the season, you get pulled by fifty or sixty points because you're not battle hardened. So we've got to make sure that we're battle hardened and playing two super league teams will hopefully help us do that. Um, and yeah, yeah, so friendly's a little bit different, a little bit different because you, 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 we won't play any of the friendlies with seventeen players. You know, so it'll be a, well, however many we play, it'll be more than seventeen players. So your rotations are different. Minutes on the field are going to be slightly different as well, so um, you, know, you don't you don't you don't run your friend as like a normal competitive game. Um, but having that that last game against us here, I think is, is important because on paper, I guess you could say that again, no disrespect to any any of the teams that we're playing, but on, on paper you could say that we're we're stepping up in every single one of the games. So playing Keithley in the first game, London in the second game, Huddersfield in, in that third game, um, and. Yeah, we, we, that's that's how we want to see our, our pre-season where we're building towards that, that first game, which is the important one for us, which is which is bringing on a week one of the season, um, and we want to make that that that, that steady progression ready for that that first game. Yeah, absolutely, makes sense to me. Um, obviously, just kind of a little bit of off-field stuff, very very briefly, but it, mm-hmm. it would it'd be a miss of us to not kind of ask about your just general thoughts. Obviously, there was a big news kind of a couple of weeks ago in terms of uh, Martin Jepson coming in uh, yeah. as an investor, as a stakeholder. I've seen a couple of quotes flying around anyway where you've been where you've been asked for it because I know I think the journalists are straight on you in terms of who you're going to sign. It's <laughs> not, not, not necessarily work that way. Certainly not in these IMG times things like that. But has there been a bit of a a buzz around the place since that's. I mean, it's, well, I guess I guess it's around the place. I've probably known for a while, but has there been a bit of a buzz since that news came through? The fact there is some kind of funds coming through. The fact there is this kind of plan, I suppose, and there's a real, a real kind of motivation towards making this a Super League club um, consistently going forward in 2025. And yeah, uh, has there been any kind of tangible? Response, I guess, from the whether it be off field, on field staff, whatever it might be. Um, it's been, it's been a bit of a strange one, to be fair, because I, I think I mentioned that it's a bit a little bit, bit strange in rugby circles that we didn't really know a great deal about it. Um, normally, when something's happening or bubbling, bit you know under you know, under the surface, you know you know maybe two two or three weeks before it's before it actually happens that it's going to happen. Um, and we didn't really know anything about it, to be fair. So we're all kept. Pretty, pretty much under wraps, and and I mean to be fair, from from a playing point of view and a coaching point of view, it's not really changed anything that we've done. It's not impacted anything that we've done. It's been business as usual, and there's not been a huge amount of talk about it because you know, from a coaching point of view, I'm not expecting to to, to rock up to work next week, and I've got I've got seven hundred grand to spend on players. I'm not expecting that, and and like I've said said in the past that when I got asked about it, I think the the important thing for Castleford is to safeguard the club off the field at this moment in time where where IMG is concerned and, and safeguarding the club in, in Super League, there's, there's bigger fish to fry off the field than is on the field. I think the, the playing group that we've got on the, off the, on the field at this moment in time, <clears throat> I'm looking forward to working with and it's got that potential and that uh, that ability to be to be pretty pretty good or to be better, a lot better than we were last season. That's what we're concentrating on. I think the funds that the that, that hopefully is going to come into the come into the club needs to be spent off the field. So it needs we need to make sure that Safe, where we're in one of the, one of the top twelve teams. If you don't go to fourteen Super League teams, if you stay in the twelve, we need to be in the twelve. 
that's 100% guaranteed because there's no point doing what, what we want to do on the field if we're outside the 12 and we're, and we're down in the championship. So whatever we need to do off the field to make sure that we're in that 12, let's spend the money on that. And and as a coach, I, it's, it's difficult for me to say that because you want, you want as much money as you possibly can and you want, you want to spend what you can and, 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 and I guess fish, fish in a different pond. But, you know, ultimately, we need to safeguard the future of the club and, and whether that's making sure that... that we get the points that we need or we invest in bricks and mortar off the field so that we can we can get some sustainability and, and generate some funding then ultimately that's, that's what we need to do so I think as a, as a short term measure any funds that are coming into the club need to be pushed that way to make sure that we secure our future in, in Super League beyond 2024 and 2025 Absolutely uh, before I kind of wrap up and get to the kind of final point um, have you got anything extra Adam you want to, you want to ask Craig about before we get to that? No, I think he's just crushed everybody's dreams that we might be signing Caelan Ponger and Latrell Mitchell in the next couple of weeks. But that, I mean, I'm sure there'll be some fans that'll be will be wiping the tears anyway about about that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. it'd be nice. It'd be nice to start bringing in two or three uh, two or three marquee players and and spending them. But it's not it's not it's not going to happen. There's no point dreaming about it too much. Yeah. Hopefully, we safeguard the future of the club and you know, we can financially sustainable and viable, then, then maybe two or three years down the line, that's what we can, we can look at doing. But you know, let's make sure that we're in Super League first. Exactly. Absolutely. Talk about, I mean, I talked about the jungle being a culture shock to some of the lads coming in. Imagine the Charlie Chuck. <laughs> 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 that would be something, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, I guess just to wrap up there, the, the original question to finish on was just kind of the target for the year, but I think you pretty much covered that uh, earlier earlier on, to be honest, and I doubt there's a, a number in mind anyway in terms of where we want to finish, but it's really all about improvement. Um, just kind of a message to the fans. Obviously, there's, there's cast fans listening to this potentially on Christmas Day, uh, whenever we put this yeah. out, um, probably boozed up and full of turkey and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. but, but what can you say to those kind of you know many thousand cast fans who are excited, I think, uh, for this for this new kind of, I don't want to say new era, because... Mm. I think it's always thrown yeah. around, but it, it is to an extent. So, what would be your kind of party message to them, kind of going into twenty twenty four? Yeah, it's um, it's, it's a strange one, really, because you, uh, I know being being involved in it, in, in it last year, I know how disappointed people were, and how frustrated how frustrated people were that they didn't, didn't feel like the, 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 the club represented them as fans and didn't represent the, the history of the club. Um, but that's certainly something that we're looking at. Rectifying this year, um, and so we're we're going to we're going to be difficult to beat. First and foremost, we're going to be difficult to beat. That's his aim: is being difficult to beat, and then we can start picking games off. Start picking wins off, and it's about getting the pride back in into the team, getting the pride back in representing representing the club at Castleford, and building that togetherness and building that community on the field. Uh, again, one of the things we talked about as as a as a as a, as a playing group is. We've got to represent the community, and that community might be our our, our, our seventeen that, that, that represent the club on a on, on a game day. It might be the community of the, the, the fans that are there watching us. Whatever we do, we've got to represent that community. And certainly, while I'm involved, then the players will, will represent the club and they'll represent the community, uh, and they'll spend time with the fans and and, and, and appreciate what what the, what the fans do. You know, we've got to make sure that we've got as much as much passion. As much drive, as much commitment to represent the club as the fans do when they when they turn up week in week out to support us, still thick and thin. You know, so that will that will reflect based on what, what I do as a coach, what we do as a coaching group, what the players do as well. So I get behind us as, as I know you will do, uh, and, and hopefully you'll see that that pride and that and, and that 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 desperation to to uh, to represent the shirt of Castleford and represent you as individuals, you as you as supporters, and and hopefully we can have a successful 2024 first and then build. 
for the future and build a successful future, hopefully. Nice one, nice one. I, I never pretend in this podcast to kind of speak for the fan base necessarily, but I will speak for the fan base and say that's exactly what they want to hear. Yeah. 100%. I know the initial kind of, the first time we, we, we even spoke a few months ago before you even made, uh, took the head coach role. Um, that's very much the stuff you were trying to bang on about. And it's right. I think you you get it. I think it's clear you get it as a as, as a rugby league man, as someone who gets the tradition of this club. And ultimately, that's all we ask. Uh, that's all we really ask. We, we don't ask for Super Leagues and Challenge Cup finals and no. all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? I think ultimately, we're, we're cast fans. We understand what cast is about, or at least the proper cast fans do. And I think yeah. if we can replicate what you've just said, uh, I think people people will be through the gate and I think we'll all be very happy here uh, 2024. Yeah, I think we, we, we know we're not, we, you know, we, we know we're going to have off days, but as long as as long as long people can see that, you know, we, we, a player might, might have a bad game, but there's no, there's no excuse not to try. There's no excuse not to show commitment because that's in your control as an individual. You can't control if somebody's faster than you. You can't control if somebody's stronger than you uh, or more skillful to a certain degree. But what you, what you can control is the effort that you put in the dedication that you put in, the pride that you pride that you put into your performance and representing the club, and that's certainly something that we need we need to be better at this year. And there's no excuse for people not to do that. But that's in your control. And what I said to the players is that like, we're we're custodians of the club at this moment in time. There's been a lot of people that have represented the club before us that have, that have represented it with pride and represented it with dignity, and we need to replicate that. And we're custodians of the shirt for the people that come after us as well. You know, so we've got to create our own legacy that people want to follow us. And represent represent Castleford in the way that we represent Castleford. So we're, we're, we've got a massive responsibility. Me, me as a coach, the playing group as as playing staff, they've got a massive massive responsibility. They might not might not quite appreciate that as, as yet. I mean, I'm 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 longer in the tooth now, so I've I've been through all that as a player. I've been through it as a coach, and I get it. I understand it. And we've got we've got a role and we've got responsibilities as custodians of this club to make sure that people want to follow us. That's awesome, mate. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been it's been an absolute. Delight. I've absolutely loved it. Uh, hopefully everyone has enjoyed this over Christmas. I think we're putting this out Christmas Eve. Uh, so this is a nice little festive treat uh, for all the listeners. Um, yeah. Thanks so much for coming on, Craig. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, mate. Anytime. Anytime. You know, if you go join the season, just give us a shout, mate. I'm more than happy to jump on and have a chat. That's awesome, mate. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening, uh, as always. And uh, we'll see you in 2024. Coif. <laughs>